Mila Kunis as a leading lady, I don't get yeah, it. And I mean, no. I saw I saw her in um, Bad Moms as well. That's another comedy, and that you hated fairness, that. What about really Bad Moms too? Like the Christmas Bad Moms. Oh, and then they brought Oy. in Susan Sarandon playing like a cowboy mom. Oh. I don't know. It was just a whole mess. But I don't get her kind of whole. I don't think that she works as a leading lady. I just don't think she has a kind of charisma or warmth. I think that the best role I've still seen her in Jackie. ever is probably... What? Jackie from that 70s show. Oh, I, I haven't seen that, but I was going to say Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. It's interesting. She did Mark Maron's podcast recently. And Marin can't hide when he's disinterested. Yeah. And he was very disinterested. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and I think the film as well. I don't think he'd watch the film either. So he was very bored. And she was trying very hard because she's promoting the film. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, my God, Obama. And everybody's done this podcast. And yeah, it was a bit like, oh, mm. yeah. but I agree with you. I think that's an interesting, um, that's an interesting take on Myla Kunis. And I hadn't kind of thought of it before because she's so successful. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's a leading lady either. I don't know if she can carry a film on her own. But yeah. maybe is that why they threw Kate McKinnon in there with her? So is Myla Kunis, a, so. is Myla Kunis a straight woman? Yeah, 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 exactly. And Kate McKinnon is like the kind of crazy best friend, <laughs> yeah, um, which she does great. In fairness, I mean, even like I, even like Rough Night last year, that one with Scarlett Johansson with like bachelorette party gone wrong, and that's so crap. And yet Kate McKinnon <laughs> plays this like. Australian like friend um, who doesn't hang out with the other girls she just kind of comes in you know because it's a bridesmaids party yeah. so like she's kind of come in all the other girls know each other none of them know her and she is so so funny in that movie that she actually yeah she actually makes it almost kind of watchable but, is there um, something like what the, what the comic relief would say like something like Bridesmaids where you had Melissa McCarthy yeah. or something like Pitch Perfect where you've got Fat Amy yeah, yeah no, and, and like so Kate McKinnon seems to have fallen into that yeah. supporting you know bring the quirky laugh role which is disappointing given how good she is yeah I think that she should be getting leading roles yes yeah, 100% by all means yeah even in Ghostbusters Brian mm. um, I was really looking forward to Ghostbusters I didn't give a shit what anybody had to say because it was Paul Feig yeah. obsessed with Kristen Bell or Kristen mm-hmm. um, absolute brain fart on her name wig wig, wig. that's it I'm obviously not that obsessed with her <laughs> yeah. brain fart on her name Kristen Wig, but she co-wrote Bridesmaids as well yeah um, and uh, yeah just just, I don't know, like, where's, where's Kate McKinnon going to go? Where's her career going to go? I don't know. See, it's strange because, like, I mean, yeah, I take your point. Absolutely. She should be in a leading role. Mm-hmm. I mean, she absolutely should be 100% in a leading role. I do think the fact that she's still on SNL, I think that is kind of holding her back a little bit. because you that, think so? I think so, yeah, because I think, you know, there is an element to work on an SNL that you sort of, like, just kind of fall into a routine and you're just kind of, like, there no matter what, like, you know? Mm. And But it's a, it's a routine of SNL, not... You know, it's different than that, like, she's not doing a procedural drama. No, 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 no. I mean, sitcom. in the sense it's of, like, like it's, it's just... It can kind of really kind of... It's very draining. My understanding of it is, is that it's a really draining process to be in SNL. And I mean that in the sense of, like... You know, you've got to throw everything into it. You've got to do it all. You've got to, like, you know, write your own stuff. And then you've got to, you know, just you have to make everything your own. And, like, with regards to somebody like, you know, Amy Poehler, for example, right? Yeah, I know my phone went off. You and said it was Andrea. You were I had it on, on voicemail, but then it was on Wi-Fi. Anyways, um, and uh, what's her face? Um, Amy Poehler, like, she had, like, baby mama with Tina Fey when yeah. she was in SNL. So like any of the roles I've ever I think done, she was gone from SNL. Now that's she had the, just left, I think she, yeah. that was her first one yeah. out from SNL. Yeah, um, which is generic enough as well. Yeah, exactly, which was yeah. very very generic. Yeah, but then of course she went off and did Parks and Rec. So personally myself, I think if Kate McKinnon did a TV show that wasn't SNL, I think that would be more suited to her as opposed to trying to do something like you know 
a movie like this, like a very yeah, generic. Because it doesn't, actually, it doesn't yeah. suit her. Like that kind of comedy doesn't suit her. Like she's known for her doing really kind of out there sketches. Yeah, but even with something like Ghostbusters, where it's improv heavy because it's Paul Feig, and that's one of the reasons why I don't think it worked as well as mm. it could have because you've got massive budget and you've got really talented actors imp- improvising and you're kind of building the effects around them. I just think mm-hmm. it's a really tricky balance yeah. uh, to get. And I thought she was trying very hard to, to mine laughs in that film. And that seems to be a reoccurring theme. Like, mm-hmm. this just sounds brutal to Yeah. It's not that it's brutal. It's it's fine. It's, it's perfectly very watchable. It's very, is that, it's very that, bland. I think that's worse, though, than when a yeah. film is yeah. just crap. But when a yeah. film is crap, you're like, you have a visceral response to it. Yeah. Like, I hated it. Like the Italian, was on with the Italian, um, sorry, Man from Uncle there earlier. Mm. I didn't hate it. I thought, yeah, I just didn't get Army Hammer playing a Russian and Henry Cavill playing this. Oh, yeah, no. Like, like, I was like, what? Yeah. That for, but that for me kind of made it fun. Like the fact that, like, yeah, you know, Henry Cavill's yeah. accent was so crap. Like, yeah. and Army Hammer. always playing American, so that's the thing. Yeah, but like, okay, but like Army Hammer's, Army Hammer's Russian accent. And like, D, you know this because you date a Russian. Like, the accent doesn't have an accent. Well, I know, <laughs> but I'm just saying. For? <laughs> like, well, his life pretty much. So he's Irish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but I'm saying is it like okay, fine. You've been around more Russian people than everyone in this room. But like you don't know that. Mm. Have you been around many Russian people? I watched Red Sparrow the other night. There's lots of Russian people in that. Have you been around many Russian people, producer Dave? A few, yeah. Okay, like as in on a regular basis. I think we're well, getting sidetracked. No, I'm, I'm not finishing with this. My point is, is that D has been around more Russian people than all of us combined. Perhaps. So like, she would have more of an understanding of Russian accents than anyone in this room. I don't doubt that. Yeah, so my point is if that D says, hey, this accent is stupid, I would tend to agree with it because the balance of probability says that she has been around more Russians than any of us. He didn't complain as much as he has about other actors' attempts at Russian accents. Really? Who did? Really bad? Um, ooh, off the top of my head. Sean Connery in Hunt for Red October. He just didn't try. That's good. That's yeah. better though, right? Course, when yeah. It was like, yeah, look, yeah. I'm Russian, but like I'm kind of a Scottish. Sam Neill did a Russian or... accent in that as well, yeah. and that was pretty bad. Well Sam Neill can actually act though. Yeah, well. very God bless Sean Connery, I love him. Love Sean Connery. He can act. Not really. Yeah, he can. Not really. He can totally act. He does variations of Sean Connery. Whether it's, you know, Indiana Jones's da or whether it's The Rock. There's plenty of actors like that, though. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it at all. they're all good. Yeah, but Sam Neill's like, you know. Well, you're going to do Hunt for Red October one of the days for revisit. Why don't don't you let myself and Deirdre know and we can watch it, Brian? What about that? Instead of me saying, I saw this the weekend, let's do that. (laughs) Okay, Grant. We've actually been talking about doing uh, the revisit as a separate podcast. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because we don't feel like it gets enough um, time because we do it at the end of the show. So you're saying if the revisit is a separate podcast on the film show channel, maybe we can deep deep dive a little bit, yeah. delve yeah, if sure. you will, Brian. Delve. Oh, not unlike you your show, the delve, which you can like and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify and iTunes. Thanks, Brian. Did your ad for Thanks, you? Thanks, Brian. Appreciate that. Um, so you know you're going to have to have. Yeah. Okay. Look, I was actually funny when we had our editorial meeting uh, today. We actually discussed uh, the revisit podcast. Did you in greater detail? And I will discuss it after the show with you about some of my. Why don't ideas. you discuss it with the people? Why right. Can't okay. We all so just basically, just today. <laughs> no, but do you want to? Will we go into this? <laughs> no, it's not grand. So I have ideas. I have a lot of ideas for it. Like I've right. got ideas. I got ideas. Okay, D. So, um, in a nutshell. Mediocre. Yeah. Spoil you, don't me. Not great. Who directed yeah. this? You know, directors. Susanna something. She Susanna something. Oleg, maybe. What? She did like some TV shows I haven't oh, heard of okay. before this. TV yeah. director. TV director, yeah, kind of yeah. switching yeah. to it. But she might have worked with uh, maybe one of them on a TV show or something like. Uh, or Kate McKinnon on SNL or something Susanna like that. Susanna Fogel. Susanna Fogel. Fogel. Oh, I got Foleg Fogel. So that's Foleg. <laughs> Susanna Foleg. It makes as much sense to me. Anyway, avoid that. 
That sounds yeah, brutal. Give that a miss. No bueno. Stop looking at your phone. Turn it off. I, it is off. Sorry. It's not off. It's been going off. It went off once. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And it was Andrea Kazan actually who sent oh, me a voice message. Oh, Andrea, yeah, Andrea. Can it wait till after the show? Yeah, it can wait. <laughs> I love Day this week. This she had a couple so of zingers off her as well. A couple of absolute zingers Jesus. off her. Brian didn't know what to say. He didn't know what to say. Okay, Black Klansman. Sp- uh, this is uh, Spike Lee's new movie. Yeah. New joint. Spike Lee's new joint. That's mm-hmm. what he calls him, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Denzel Washington's son mm-hmm. is the lead in this. John David Washington. John David Washington. Adam Driver's in it also. The reviews for this have been absolutely phenomenal. Um, just just how like, I know you guys both liked it, but mm-hmm. the, you, you liked it a little bit more than yes. Brian. I thought it was brilliant. I don't even know where to start. This film is just so incredible. Everyone needs to see this film. Like, I don't know how to even, like, kind of summarize it. It's got so much going on in it, so many layers. It's like an action film. It's a comedy. It's, a, you know, referencing all the, like, black exploitation films, obviously. You know, like, Sweet Sweet Back, Badass Song, and Shaft, and all of those, and Shaq and everything, and Coffee, yeah, and... Um, so it's like a political kind of thriller as well and a cop drama and it's just got so, so much going on in it. Stylistically, it's so, so cool. Although, like, what I like about it is it's not too, like, artsy-fartsy either. You know how, like, Spike Lee's earlier stuff, like Jungle Fever and She's Got to Have It and all the, those were, like, very, very stylized. And this one he has He's paired back yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's just, it just kind of comes out in, like, these moments. Like, for example, there's, like... Um, a rally at which like this um, speaker is talking about how, you know, black people have been, you know, oppressed for so long and everything. And there are these shots of all these like, you know, black people just looking up to the light and just like, you Mm. know, it's just like on their faces and you just see like the faces and the hair and just how, you know, beautiful they are and how they're all part of this like community and this moment. And it's just so, so incredible. And then there's a scene shortly afterwards where like, you know, they're at this disco and they're just dancing around and it's just like euphoric and Mm. joyful and amazing. And yeah, the acting in it is brilliant. Adam Driver is very good in it. John David Washington is brilliant. He's great. Adam Washington's yeah. so, he's going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about um, him, like compared to his father, I actually think that he's a much more subtle actor. And I think that's really going to speak to him in relation to kind of, you know, distinguishing his career from Denzel yeah. Washington's, you know, because I think that'll be really important. They're, diff- they're going to go for very different roles. Exactly. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, I actually think as well, I think John David Washington and compared to his father at that age I think he has more of a warmth to him I think mm. I think there yeah, is a yeah, certain so amount too. of like just you know you can connect with him more readily than you, than you could with Denzel Washington because like you look at Denzel in like Malcolm X for example and like okay fine that character which was another Spike Lee movie which was another Spike Lee movie mm-hmm. and again like okay fine in that movie the character is meant to be this like really righteously angry person who's meant to be like reaching out of the scream and and just, you know, it meant to be this combative person, whereas John David Washington's character mm-hmm. is more sort of, look, I'm working with the system. I'm yeah. kind of, you know, working with it as opposed to against it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, like there's another scene in it that was absolutely was absolutely brilliant. And like it, it was so well done. It was with Harry Belafonte. And he's given this speech about uh, this series of photographs that were taken about this lynching that happened. Mm-hmm. And as... Harry Belafonte is given this really, you know, he's describing it in detail. There's no sort of poetic kind of license with it. He's just describing it exactly as because it Because this happened. is based on a true story. It's based we on a true story. That. We haven't, sorry, we haven't yeah. mentioned that. Yeah, it's ba- based on a true story all about the Stalwart Brothers and all that. But this scene that Harry Belafonte is describing, all while this is happening, 
the KKK are having their initiation where Adam Driver has been uh, initiated into the KKK. So that kind of like dichotomy or whatever you want to call it between, you yeah. know, this is the KKK and this is what these people do. So for people that don't know, John David Washington plays a, plays a man, a cop, who tries to infiltrate the, the Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he does it over the phone. He talks to David Duke over the phone. Yeah. I haven't seen this, but who is played by Topher Grace. Topher Grace. Mm-hmm. And he, need, he needs a white police officer basically to be him in person. That's, yeah. that's the kind yeah. of gist of That's exactly literally yeah. it, yeah. That is literally it. That's kind it. of a fascinating setup. Yeah. It really is yeah. already. And I know it's real. Like yeah. you say setup, but it's a fascinating I suppose way to make a film mm-hmm. like a plot like that yeah and it's funny because I mean I, I, I went to see it last night and when I came home I was like yeah that was really like Brian went with somebody and actually Brian, funny, Brian's girlfriend actually went out in public with him yeah she was. She could be seen in public with me yeah Grant was she like yeah but there was <laughs> that sounds nice <laughs> thanks but no she actually uh, funny she actually made this point and she was right she was like why did there need to be two people to do this couldn't like Adam Driver just call him up and just be like pretend to be himself. I suppose they were nervous that at that point, if the voice changed, that that would have, you know, yeah, but they, I'm kind saying, of, they kind of pulled off the whole thing by kind of mimicking each other enough yeah. that they kind of established that this is what he sounds like on yeah. the phone and this is what he is like in person. Yeah. So I think that that was why. I think that was right. But I mean, at the same time, you're kind of thinking, okay, if I was Adam Driver, couldn't I just have made one phone call and said, <clears throat> oh, I'm fine now? And then taken over the investigation but then I suppose it wouldn't be as funny mm. because that's actually what they do in the film really well is that any of the phone calls that John David Washington's character has with David Duke they're all hilarious like, mm. and he's literally laughing down the phone at him pretending to be this white guy and talking about how you know how terrible black people are and all this kind of stuff and like all his mates are all like around him laughing at David Duke while they're doing it and that's really smart like because <laughs> you know the best way to kind of like disarm or diffuse racism is to make fun of it. Literally to make fun of how ridiculous it is. Like what they did in Django Unchained with the bit with the bags. Yeah. Nobody could see out of it. Like like that's perfect. Like that's how you do it is to make fun of them. The like Blazing Saddles in the South. Blazing Saddles, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, literally. Yeah, that's perfect example of it. Like, And they do that here as well. Um, but it's a very serious it's a very serious well. film yeah but I mean that's it, the thing it is so funny and yet it's so serious and what's scary about it and especially what's scary about like what the members of the KKK are saying is that you they're similar to the kind of things yeah. that you would hear nowadays like it's not like that you know is that far in the distance and they really kind of you know bring it full circle with certain, with footage that they kind of show at the end of the film which kind of I suppose closes the chapter on it or rather like shows how you know it's still very much open and this kind of stuff is still very much a part of contemporary America well, so I think, know? and there's obviously going to be some ne- uh, some nods and winks towards Trump yeah, and, yeah. and, 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 and I, like that I, kind of behaviour yeah. that he's really enabled yeah, yeah. I mean even the fact that they have um, is it Alex Baldwin yeah at the start he is like this uh, what kind of character is he meant to be I guess he's like meant to be like he was like this like right um eugenics kind of like a doctor kind of thing like he's like giving this speech about you know how you know uh segregation is the only way forward for America and all this kind of stuff like it's very weird like it's a very again it's a very kind of Mm -hmm. arty kind of uh flourish yeah he's given this like speech about you know how America you know must be separated kind of thing and all this kind of thing Mm -hmm. So do you say indeed the fact that it's Alec Baldwin I given the speech to not that he's, he's played yeah, Trump on SNL? But you see, yeah. it's weird because like I was watching it, like a lot. There are it, it's not just that either. There's like literal scenes where they're kind of like you know, there's no way an American president would ever allow this kind of thing to happen, or you know, like this. Yeah, yeah. Utah was a bit too literal. Very, very. There were a few scenes in it whenever they did kind of acknowledge Donald Trump and acknowledge the current climate in America. It felt like it was 
very unsubtle about it. Yeah. You know, that kind of way. Like, I mean, there are different ways you can do it. That's not one of them. And like, I mean, again... But I think that if you're too subtle, yeah. then the message will be lost. Lost, yeah. You're, you're, you're making it for a broader audience. And you yeah. did say it's an accessible movie for yes. Spike Lee, not like his earlier stuff. Or not exactly, as... Yeah. Yeah, uh, I suppose like kind of arty or, or overly stylized as earlier stuff. So you you said this is a five star film for I you too. So yeah, I think it's one of the best films of the year so far. I'd put it in my top five, maybe even my top three. Ooh, oh, creeping in hard, there. Yeah. What about you, Brian? You were like, I liked four. it a lot. I definitely liked it a lot. I mean, I'd lean more towards four, and the reason why I'd kind of take one star off it was because I felt that the pacing of it was a bit off. I think there really, yeah, I, I was completely transfixed from start to finish. Completely. Yeah, I yeah yeah. yeah no, I mean, I was definitely in on it. I mean. Like when it got me, it really, really got me. But mm-hmm. I think that there were certain parts of it where I was kind of like, you know, okay, like, okay, how long is this going to take? Kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. it feels like it's kind of sagging a little bit. And as well, I feel that some parts of it were very unsubtle as well, like the bits with Donald Trump and stuff like that. But no, I mean, as 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 an as an egg, as an experience and as something to watch, definitely. I think this is really important. I think this is one of the things that what, everyone should see. What, what did Kate think of it? I want to know. I know you went with your dad. I want to know yeah. what the people that went with you thought of it. I always yeah, think Kate really liked it a lot yeah. as well. Kate really. She liked was looking it. forward to. She it. was rare. Like literally, this was like I get I get invites to these things all the time, and this was the one it's time. Normally she was lonely, like, Brian. Like uh, yeah, Keanu on a sandwich. Yeah, and I usually, <laughs> but that's usually it. I I normally text her before I go to these things. I'm like, hey, listen, do you want to go? She's like, what is it? And I'm like, oh, it's this. She's like, ah, no. And then when I told her about this, she was like, oh yeah. I totally, I totally want to go to that. So I think it'll do well. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, it's really it's, it's in a, like, it's, in a, it's one of the early frontrunners is this and I think First Man Day who are mm-hmm. been quoted, well, at least in the, in the yeah. industry papers has been a frontrunner for Best Picture. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I would think that this I would, would think the two yeah. of them are clear, clear, clear favourites. What did your dad think of it? Oh, he loved it. Did yeah, he? yeah. And he loved, um, after the screening, actually, there was a Q&A with Spike Lee afterwards, yeah. which was oh, really fascinating. Yeah, and I loved hearing, because I love hearing all the like behind the scenes stuff. Like, for example, there's a scene in Black Klansman where the KKK are watching um, The Birth of a Nation which is you know D.W. Griffith's film from like back in the 1910s um, which is kind of referenced at numerous points throughout the film because I suppose he wants to redress it and the fact that you know this film which is one of the kind of it's considered a modern it would be considered a blockbuster yeah nowadays. but I mean like it was the first like huge huge film that was like you know that everyone went to see and it is so horrifically racist like what happens in it there's like a black man who chases a girl um, up a hill trying to rape her and she like jumps off the hill and it's and it sees like black people kind of coming into government and at the end of the film the Ku Klux Klan come in and save the day like it's oh, a pretty God. oh yeah no yeah, it's, it's like 1911 shit yeah, yeah, like yeah. it was, it was crazy, and it yeah. did like lead to you a know, resurgence, a resurgence of the Ku Klux Klan, and and you know, an reemergence of like hate crime and everything like that. But um, in the in the film Black Klansman, you see the KKK watching the film, and they're cheering along and eating popcorn with it. And Spike Lee was like, "Now I don't know if that actually happened, but I put it in because it was really funny." Yeah, yeah. And all the way, that whole scene is when your man Harry Belafonte is talking about it. He comes up people in the documentary on on or like Robert Kennedy. Yeah. Harry Belafonte and how just how instrumental he was in that movement, that yeah. civil rights movement in the sixties in America. So it was, it's like it was obviously a turbulent time, but it's a fascinating time to look back on mm-hmm. historically to go, yeah. holy shit, you know, how far yeah, they've yeah. come, like, well, how far they've come, not gone yeah, back, like, yeah, 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 I yeah, mean, yeah. That, that's the thing. There's a there's a xenophobe at, at best. <laughs> Take a charge of the free world. That's one the way moment. of saying it. Yeah. Okay, let's move on uh, to some movie news, Brian. You're gonna you're gonna go movie news this week. I am. 
You, you stole these bit. Yeah, but D stole my phone. I, I need I'll my notes. My, my my notes are on my notes are on the you thing. Gotta da- you got to dance for us. You have to do the, 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 the dance. Oh yeah, yeah I got to do the thing. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> that's a double act. That's a little double act. Yeah, that's well coordinated. <laughs> what do you do? What do you say? Huh? We're going to do a double act. Um, so yeah, the first story I have is, is about Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rose in The Last Jedi. And of course, we were talking about this, I think around the time it actually happened. She got absolutely horrific and horrendous uh, abuse and actually just deleted her entire internet presence, really. Mm-hmm. Like she deleted her Twitter and Instagram and all this kind of thing. She wrote this um, big long... And what I find so surprising about that as well is that the film came out like last Christmas. Yeah. And she deleted all her like social media presence um, at the start of this summer, which means that was going on for months yeah. before she made the decision of I can't take it anymore. She literally like, can't look at her ads from... Yeah, yeah which is kind of horrific yeah. that you think that it was still going on for that long to that extent, you know? Yeah. And what she says in the, when it was, was that I wa- she wrote this uh, essay for the New York Times and what she said in it was, it wasn't their words, it's that I started to believe them. The words seemed to confirm what growing up as a woman and as a person of colour already taught me that I belonged in margins and in spaces only valid as a minor character in their lives and stories. Of course, like, she was very central in yeah. the movie. Like. Yeah, it looks um, like she's going to really be central going forward as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And, like, I mean, it ends on a very good note where she says, like, you know, you might know me as Kelly. I am the first woman of colour to have a leading role in a Star Wars movie. I am the first Asian woman to appear on the cover of Vanity Fair. My real name really? is... Really? Yeah. That's mental. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, my real. So name you're blown is away by that now. That's yeah, it's yeah. 28. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, um, and even then, she. I think that she like shared the cover, didn't she? Yeah, it was. Yeah, like, it was like yeah. women of Star Wars. Star Wars like, yeah. yeah, it was women of Star Wars, and she was one of them. Yeah, uh, my real name is Luan, and I am just getting started. So it's really good. It's really Luan. Luan. Yeah, it's a fair yeah. play to you. Um, but yeah. So okay, so what about these shitheads on the internet then? It always reminds me of JM trying to Bob Strike Back. Have you seen that? I have. Yeah, seen this. Have you heard about this? Where at the end of it, they track it. It's like, it's like, well, it's a poopscoop.com. Yeah, Have you ever seen that uh, James on Bob Strike Back to That's really good. Yeah, poopscoop.com. Kevin Smith was really, like, really kind of prevalent as a cinematic force. (laughs) God bless him. Uh, Around when I was in in school and and when I was in college. Clerks 2 was hilarious. He's a really good writer, really funny writer. Kevin Smith did, um, didn't he do Zack and Mary Make a Porno? Yeah, 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 he did. Oh, I watched that a few weeks ago. It's on Netflix, yeah. It's very funny. It's good fun. It is funny. It is. It is with Banks and stuff. It is gas. It is um, funny. But he, in the, anyway, in Jane, Son and Bob Strike Back, uh, at the end of the film, basically it's the two guys from like kind of minor characters in the in the in that universe, the View Askew universe, is it? That's yeah. what you used to call it. Um, and they uh, are getting their own movie. There's a movie been made, very meta movie been made about them in Hollywood, and it's like Ben Affleck's in it, so Gus Van Sant, Gus Van Sant, Gus Van Sant is a very funny cameo in it, where they end up on the set of Goodwill Hunting Two. And ca- cuts hunting a, season. Hunting, hunting season. season yeah. And it cuts to Gus Van Sant and he's just counting money. <laughs> he's like, ben, Ben's like, action? Or he's like, but Jesus, Ben, I'm busy. And he's just counting the money. Some very funny bits. In it. But anyway, at the end of it. Applesauce. Applesauce, yeah. yeah. But at the end of it, they track down everybody who'd ever talk shit about them. They use the money that they'd make from the film just to like they basically. Track them down. And they're all these like little freaky teenagers just kind of hiding behind a. Yeah, stupid avatar. Yeah. yeah, keyboard warriors. Yeah. Mm. So, but they, I mean, is there is there more of them now? Like, this is the whole thing, and I know this is an extremely broad question, right? Mm-hmm. But are there more of them now? Do they just have yes. an outlet now? Yeah. Are people more are worse? Like, have we come on? Are all the people just worse now? I no. think it's the first two. 
that there are more of them now and that what, what was the other they one have an that they have an, they have an outlet. Outlet. Yeah. yes it's literally that it's just the fact they have that numerous like, outlets. Like, yeah. don't forget like I mean like when Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was made in what 2000 and no, Earlier. well before well, Earlier, well, yeah. 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 So there you go. Like that was like before the internet had really taken off. Poopscoop.com. Yeah, poop basically ain't a kill news. Yeah, um, but like that's it. Like in in between now and then, the internet has just become even more part of daily life. Literally, look at us. Social like, media is now. Yeah, social that media. That was a comment section that they were talking. Yeah, about. exactly. So like, it's just the sort of thing that it's like you know. It's become more prevalent. Therefore, these types of people who will do this kind of stuff and the people who will comment underneath videos about this very podcast will decide to just say whatever they want. I have to say now, myself and Brian both engaged this. Generally speaking, we get really good feedback over yeah, over the do. show. Um, and like, I get a lot, I guess, specifically for a couple of interviews I've done, I've gotten like thousands it's of comments. Thousands of comments. Thousands of comments can be shit. Um, but this is the first time I've gotten shit for the film show, so I was really excited. <laughs> so I kind of engaged with it a bit. But the guy, the guy had an the guy's avatar was um was like Superman, uh, Red Sun, Red, Red whatever. Sun. Red I corrected you. Yeah, but I, I thought it was really funny because he said like, "What would you three hipsters know about about films?" And I, I said, I said, I like, I think it's my glasses and your beards that are Probably. making us And he was like, "I have a master's. <laughs> That's how much I know about film. I have a master's." In film. And a bachelor's. And a bachelor's. Do you have to have the bachelor's to get the master's? How does that work? Um, oh, it's weird in Trinity. Yeah. Feckin' weird. Well, I, and actually, yeah. <laughs> and actually, there's four of us. Producer Dave doing his tie. In his, in, in, oh, in, yeah. In visual form. In visual oh, form. yeah. I was like, I'm not wearing a tie, but I get you. Um, I have a take Ooh. on this whole thing. Uh, you can decide what temperature it is. I think <laughs> the Star Wars fans are the worst fans and I think it's particularly the Star Wars fans now I never saw the original trilogy until about two years ago and I'd only seen one of the new trilogy you were outside like, I, stuff. I watched yeah. sci-fi films and stuff but I just kind of never got around to it and it was actually my brother asked me would I go to the Force Awakens with him so I watched the previous six films over like two mm. weeks or whatever like that because I said obviously I would go and uh, I was looking at the films not as someone in the 70s or 80s looking at all these CGI wonders or whatever you'd call them. I was looking at them as, I suppose, cynical mid-20s. An adult. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought they were a bit rubbish. Uh, personally, I did not care for Chewbacca at all. Uh, I saw your eyes widen. See, this is why I think this is kind of more directed at you. I, I'm, I'm trying to no, say on, this yeah. as objectively as possible. Yeah, 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 please, please. And I think... And when I said that I didn't like Chewbacca, particularly that I said Jar Jar Binks is less annoying than Chewbacca. Ooh, that oh was, my um, gosh. Because at least he actually talked. Get Chewbacca him, Dave. Get him. And <laughs> like, you know, it was badly made yeah. sets. It was poor acting and all this. But at the same time, I think the thing is that essentially it is ostensibly a children's film. Kind it of is. Early yeah, teens. It is. All these yeah. children and early teens from back then, they're watching the new films and they're not having that same sense of Correct. wonder and awe mm-hmm. and they're upset about that and yeah. they want it back. And it's not going to happen. But they, like no matter what they do with films, it's going to be a disappointment and they're very, very angry about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're taking it out on the new actors and directors and such. I'll tell. I'll call. I'll, I'll write that a lukewarm take because I agree with everything you said, and I think any logical. You think person, Star Wars is crap? 
No, what I mean is, is that any logical person would look at this and say, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, like 90% of anyone's connection with Star Wars who really, really love it, it's a very emotional thing. It's, it's like it's something that they saw when they were like 10 years old or something mm. like that. And, and some- kind of it's been that way for years because you had the first trilogy yeah. and people who grew up with that and then the next trilogy yeah. and now it's these films, you know, and they're bringing in a whole new generation. Yeah, like, I mean, I look, you're absolutely right. Like somebody acting in the original trilogy is absolutely appalling. There's no way anybody could in the right mind could defend and you know but at the same time you have to admit that they have had a massive impact oh on, they absolutely have do you know well, what you, I mean like, you weren't saying it had there's no doubt yeah. that how yeah. Pointers and popular culture oh, yeah, now, yeah. Doesn't, doesn't make them great films no but I mean it's uh, yeah that's true I guess but like um, yeah no I mean I do think like yeah you're absolutely right I do think the toxic fandom kind of thing there was actually a thing on Newsnight actually BBC Newsnight a couple of weeks ago George Lucas was interviewed about just toxic fandom in general, and he was interviewed about his time with uh, Star Wars for the for the prequel trilogy, and like the stuff that he got, like he was literally getting death threats mm. from people who had like literally seen, you know, Return of the Jedi in nineteen eighty three, and you know were absolutely disgusted that you know they made a pre that they even made a prequel that they didn't make a sequel. Like yeah, I mean I think. You know, there is a certain amount of this that, like, I think people, people make huge deal out of, out of like, I mean, and this is going to sound ridiculous, right? Yeah. But people make a huge deal out of death threats. Celebrities make a huge deal yeah. out of. Oh, I've gotten emails. I've gotten death, death threats. threats. Yeah, we both like, have. Yeah. You're, you're like, all right, go on. Like, it's it's kind of funny. Do you know? I get it why is. people would be scared. Yeah. But it's also something that like a George Lucas can go. I've I've gotten death threats. I'm like, I don't think I'm sure he'd be grand in your mansion, George. Like, no, yeah, he's I'm sure. Go. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I'm sure. But he's he's, he's I suppose he's trying to you know uh, put a emphasis on emphasis on the yeah. response that he's gotten the negativity yeah. that he's yeah. gotten yeah. for. But that's that's not just Star Wars. That's like like football fans that are like obsessed yeah. with their team. Like, yeah. uh, you know, my the actor who played Gunther got a lot of them after he broke up Ross and Rachel because he told Rachel about Ross cheating on him. This is for friends, See, by the way. Yeah, but it's, friends. Don't recognize yeah, but, that's, his but that's true. Like, it's it's, yeah, it's yeah. everything. Like I've like sort of out of people I've interviewed or have kind of like kind of interacted with in a, like in a I suppose f- like who are famous who'd be globally known. So like I've interviewed Conor McGregor a bunch of times. I've interviewed Jordan Peterson, and they are two of the most polarizing people on the planet for very different reasons. But the responses underneath, the, the comments underneath those yeah. interviews will just, if you look at them in any sort of literal sense, they're you crazy. would walk away. No, but they get, it gets deeply personal. Mm. Yeah. You know, like deeply personal about looks, about appearance, about like small little things that you might talk to yourself as, oh, did I watch? Oh, yeah. If you, like, you know, if you let it, but you made a point off air where you said, look, not everybody has that kind of sense of Yeah, not, not everyone's equipped. Yeah. Not yeah. everyone's yeah. equipped to kind of deal with that kind of thing. Like, and but like don't it, get me wrong, I'm like, I always put their name on Facebook and see if I can find out what they look like. Oh uh, yeah, but like, I mean, I, I, it, it, it is one of those <laughs> things where like some people are just like, can be like totally blasé and just be like, look, whatever, grand. And yeah. then other people will just take it to heart. Well, uh, yeah, like, you know. Well, it, if, it's, if it's relentless and yeah. it does sound like it was relentless with her, it's it'd be hard for anyone to totally distance off themselves from, it, yeah. from that you know I mean it's hard because I mean see the people who are making those comments don't have to deal with any kind of you know consequences fallout, yeah, fallout so they it. just you know write whatever it comes up on a screen but and they don't even think of that person as a person yeah. you know it's just they're just speaking to they're a computer a, or whatever but at the end of that you know line you know the ne- the person who's then reading the comment about them they're they're a human being they're a person and I just oh, I think people can people but, online are just the worst and it's so like horrific like it's one thing if you don't like a movie even if you don't like an actor's performance that's fine but don't go after 
an, a person individually. Yeah, like, that's yeah. messed up. I think it's somebody, as a really famous comedian, made a point uh, that I thought was super interesting. They said the internet is basically like you're in traffic. Like, it's like road rage because you don't have to see the person. Yeah. So if somebody bumps out, like, cuts, cuts you off and you, like, flip out at them and you're, like, abusing them down the window... That's not something you would do if you were in an elevator. Of course. And somebody mm-hmm. bumped off or somebody walked ahead of you. It's that, I think you're dead right. I think it's yeah. that disconnect that yeah. people feel like they're, but this isn't real. Yeah, they, exactly. You know, this isn't, this isn't going to affect because it wouldn't affect me. So this isn't going to affect people. So mm-hmm. anyway, shitheads, the lot of them. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Their life is losers. Yeah. What else you got for us, Brian? Uh, one other story I have now. I know you. when I told you this off air, you were kind of like, really? This it's is a story? Gossipy. No, it's not. And it's great. And I'll tell you why. Also, okay. nothing's happened in movies nothing, yeah, in the last nothing, couple of days. Yeah, in fairness. I got nothing. So I had to go with this, right? So this is a brilliant story. It happened over the weekend. Um, Keanu Reeves. Um, and Winona Ryder starring in this new rom-com called Destination Wedding which Burn. I can't wait yeah, to I see really it, want it to actually looks gas yeah, yeah. and they got interviewed by Entertainment Weekly and Winona Ryder recalled this story that when they were filming uh, Dracula the 1992 film with, directed by Francis Ford Coppola they were saying oh yeah we think we actually got married for real because they actually did this whole wedding ceremony inside a Greek Orthodox church with a real Greek Orthodox priest who did the entire thing from start to finish and blessed them and did all the whole thing. And at the end of it, they she was like, I think we actually got married for real. I think the guy actually did this entire ceremony and this is actually now binding in the eyes of the Greek Orthodox church. And Keanu Reeves was sort of like, I don't think that's true. She was like, no, 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 <laughs> this is real. And he was like, oh, I guess we're married. So then, classic Keanu. He was just kind of like, oh, well, I guess we're married now, kind of thing. So then, uh, the Guardian contacted. What? I just realised something. What, what, what? If he is promoting Destination Wedding and he's doing interviews and stuff, does that mean John Wick Chapter Three is finished filming? Breaking. Or maybe I know. He's right. in. He's, he looks like he's very John Wick looking. All those yeah, some sent pictures a couple of uh, yeah. last week or the week before from yeah. New York, where I'm with kind of sitting. I know because you shared him. Yeah, he's just yeah. kind of sitting down with a blanket over him. I'm like, oh, he looks so sad. I'm like, Keanu, keep Keanu Reeves warm. Somebody get Keanu Reeves a blanket and but, a warm beverage. But 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 here's the thing, right? So then today, uh, the Guardian contacted Francis Ford Coppola, and they were like, look, listen, they've said this story. Is this true? He was like, oh yeah, it's true. They're really married. Like we literally did this in a real church with a real priest. And we got him to do the entire ceremony. So yeah, they're technically WTF Francis Ford Coppola. Why would you do that to them? That's like, a bit mad. But like, you know, they were it like the so 90s. It sounds like something a director like him would do. Yeah. Oh yeah, completely. <laughs> I can just totally imagine him like with the glasses and the beard and just be like, so what I want you to do is I want you to go in there. Why are you doing Martin Scorsese? Yeah, why That's is he Martin Scorsese? No, he said Francis Ford Coppola sounds... Those are almost Woody Allen. It was yeah, a bit, wasn't it? It went a bit Woody Allen. Yeah. I can do Woody, yeah. like Woody Allen. Don't do Woody, Woody, Woody Allen, please. <laughs> this is a family show. Um, is it? <laughs> no. Family sit down to watch this. I've they been do. grossly misinformed. How do you know they don't? Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I thought that was really funny, the fact that they got married on set. But you did mention in your article um, that they don't have a certificate. Yeah, that means it's not legally it's just, binding. Just for shits and giggles. No, but I mean, it's in the eyes of the Greek Orthodox Church they're married, but in a legal <laughs> sense they're not married. Okay, I That's get what you. I meant. Yeah, no, there was so no. So, what kind of advantages do they have as a result of being recognized? Like, is there a tax advantage? Church? No, there are no tax advantages. Do they have? Do they have beautiful movie star children? I would. Lo- I bet their children. Oh, would they would have so they would, wouldn't they? Children, yeah. They have. They have really yeah. good-looking gothic kids that yeah. are into goths as teenagers, right? My dad's John Wick. What are you going to do about it? No. Yeah. 
Come on, like those that's kids. If they those were, kids that's were, if those kids were born on the north side of Dublin. <laughs> I was just but those kids, he, he was like, <laughs> those kids though would be so good looking though. I mean, like my God, like yeah. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, uh, that's it for movie news then this week. We're going to go into the revisit and we're going to keep it relatively... We're going to take this. I'm, I'm going to take this, am sure, I? Yeah. This, this, this is your slot, Brian Lloyd. Yeah, but like you Brian were... Brian M. Lloyd. It's M, isn't it? M, yeah. Yes! Why were you... What was it? I used to say Brian L. Lloyd. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because you don't know there's two L's in the yeah, Lloyd yeah. and I just got confused <laughs> and I couldn't be arsed double checking. You know that way? All right. Okay, so we've done a couple of David Fincher movies before yeah. on the revisit. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was, look, I was just kind of pissing around Netflix and the other night, and I saw that it was there. I was, I was, and Joe hadn't, Joe had seen it, so we we're just like, Let, let's kind of rewatch Seven and see how good it is. Do you like what you do for a living? These things you see. You have to wear blinders sometimes. Most times. It's still a like no bullshit, no messing around, pure masterpiece. It is. Perfect, like every beat of it, the acting in it, um, and I was kind of explaining to Joe how Fincher had come off of Alien Three and had had a really horrible experience directing Alien Three, and at the same time Sigourney Weaver had a serial serial killer movie called Copycat. Yes, I love out. Copycat. It's not bad. with Harry Connick Jr. is yes. a serial killer, you know. Wait, and Holly Hunter. And Holly Hunter. Oh, but, such a um, film. I remember reading an interview with Sigourney Weaver. Uh, it might have been an, um, uh, read a biography on Fincher years ago. It's really, really good. That he had input in. He did an interview for it as well. And the, the biographer was saying that he interviewed Sigourney Weaver too. And mm. Sigourney Weaver had said at the time, because that and Seven, both Copycat and Seven, were being released around the same time. And she said, you don't go up against David. It's, he's not going to make the same mistake that he made with Alien 3 because like, if you look at any of David Fincher's music videos over the course of his career it's obvious he's incredibly like not just visually in terms of knowing how, where he knows how to put the camera the look of stuff um, but just as a storyteller mm. uh, and as a filmmaker and as an artist and a couple, a couple of things about Seven because you kind of forget as well that Kevin Spacey's in it right and then there's that whole argument over does do his does his behaviour negate the art mm-hmm. that he made? Yeah. Spike Lee actually mentioned that in um, the Q and A as well last night. Remember, he talked about like, can you separate the art yeah. and the artist? I know? think it's a, I think it's an yeah. interesting conversation. Um, mm-hmm. And, and for, like, so, you know, Spacey's it's obviously an integral part of the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dean D hasn't seen it, but had a room for it. Had a room for in detail. Yeah. And what's it, Ari Gold says in an episode of Entourage? Anybody that puts Gwyneth's head in a box is okay by me. That's <laughs> but, true. In fairness, yeah. there are enough references. <laughs> to that moment there that are it's such a pop it's yeah, such a pop yeah. culture and any time like yeah and any time a box comes into the office somebody just shouts watch out the box <laughs> somebody in fairness that's it's me. you it's always me it's always me it's always me I literally just roar watch out the box and another, another like another thing as well it's just <laughs> yes made him laugh sorry made him laugh had to actually look away. He was laughing. You broke. You broke. You broke character. There. Please continue. You broke character. Got him. Um, uh, another thing as well is Brad Pitt in the uh, you know lead role Mills. Yeah. Uh, like you know, ostensibly least opposite Morgan Freeman, who's deadly so mm. good. Um, There's look another at, one. Yeah, we can still talk about. Yeah, him. but, but um, yeah. him as a leading man as a movie star and seeing how seminal a movie star he was mm. and just his little mannerisms and his little, like, there's, there's, a, oh, no, there's, yeah, there's a lot of that stuff right but there's this, there's a very small moment in it where uh, he's trying to get footnotes because um, uh, uh, Morgan Freeman's character's name escapes me for the, at the moment but he's saying look research all this stuff this is what I think has happened yeah. I think this serial killer I think John Doe's following the mm. seven deadly sins he gives them all this stuff to look at 
and Mills then uh, gets the footnotes. Yeah. He gets a, he gets an officer to bring him the footnotes and he knocks on the window and Mills is already he stressed just grabs out. It and no, he but just... he does he just he just he's like he's trying to open the, the basically the, the window of the car and he's, for one moment he just does this like and that's something it's just like we supposed his hand for a second to basically say to the cop one second. And it's a small little thing that you see like Joel Kinnaman that just as an example, but you see so many actors do copying. They're basically mimicking Brad Pitt. Yeah. You know, who's like the quintessential movie star of all time, you know. I think he's gonna be remembered in a very similar way to Paul Newman to, uh, to uh, Steve McQueen. R- yeah, Robert Redford. Robert Redford well Robert Redford's kind of an obvious one. They yeah. look quite similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose. But I if it's just wor- I hadn't seen it in about ten years. Yeah. Um, and it is absolutely stunning. Still has the same impact. Mm. Uh, that ending, Andrew Kevin Walker script, which, uh, how it didn't win an Oscar. Yeah. Like, how if, if the best of the best, we spoke to the Oscars a couple of weeks ago, are supposed to get rewarded. Yeah. How that film, that direction, everything about it, the opening title sequence, mm. uh, but that script and how slick that script is. Did you ever hear the story about the ending? Really briefly, there was a big there was a big thing about the ending of uh, Seven. And apparently what happened was they wanted to shoot a different ending and David Fincher really fought for it he said look no you've got to do it this way you've got to it was a new line movie yeah Yeah, it was a new line movie you've got to do it this way and I think if I remember right the one ending of it was was that he shot Kevin Spacey and then the other ending was that he didn't shoot Kevin Spacey and they shot it both ways and in the end I think Brad Pitt had to get involved and actually say no 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 you've got to end it this way it's got to end it how it ends in the movie and that's how they got it like yeah, because it's a very, it does a very different impact to it. I think if he doesn't, yeah. Um, mm. But it just the way, like it, even then, I kind of thought after that happens because you don't remember like the moments after that happens. Yeah, mm. you know. So Morgan Freeman and Orly Amory and uh, he passed away if if you Orly Amory, yeah. Orly Amory is great, and there's so many little great moments yeah. in it as well. And mm-hmm. um, where there's this moment where Brad Pitt's in the car and he's like, "Look, we t- we'll take care of him. Don't worry." And he says to Morgan Freeman, "You know." Well, I see, and he goes, "I'll be around." Basically, saying, "I'm going to stay," mm. because you know his whole thing is that he's retiring because this is a shithole. Yeah, <laughs> there's lots of you know horrific things happening and horrific people. That sequence uh, where they get to John Doe before he realizes, and there's a chase Detective. sequence across. Yeah, does it, but there's a chase sequence across uh, a bunch of buildings in yeah, the rain. Yeah, it's really well done. It's it's a similar. The thing when he's got the gun to his head. Yeah, that's he so hits well done. Or, he hits him over the head with a crowbar so or something, well gets him on the ground as a gun to his head. But that whole sequence is one of the best chase sequences, one of the best sequences of that ilk in cinematic history. I'd say as well, Point Break, the yeah. Anna Reeve sequence that was ripped off in I think the fourth Fast and Furious or the fifth yeah. Fast and Furious movie. Also, Skyfall, that sequence where Dan- Daniel Craig, James Bond, is running uh, to the courtroom as that shooter, Avril Bardem's character, is trying to kill Judy Dench. So anyway, it just... I forgot how great that yeah, movie yeah. is. Yeah. It's almost cliche to say how good Seven is and to look at Seven and yeah. go, masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. Yeah. It is a no bullshit, full-blown masterpiece. I'd love to know what you... We've kind of... You know, you know it kind of in the yeah, now. Yeah, it's kind of... I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that watching it, I'd still really appreciate it, you know, stylistically and, you know, to see it in, and to see all those little details, which I do think, um, you know, Fincher is so incredible at doing. He just catch, captures just little moments know little quirks and I think that's like a great characteristic of his work um, I'm really looking forward to seeing the next season of Mindhunter yeah because yeah. he yeah. is doing yeah. some episodes yeah he's going to direct some episodes yeah. of Mindhunter and he mm. might be doing a World War Z 2 
yeah, with Bradford as well, yeah. which is like going to be super interesting just to see how he tackles such a commercial franchise. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's weird though because that's been like I don't know. I feel like they've been talking about that for years. I think that they've been talking about that since World War Z, and it's like when are you going to make it already? Yeah, Brad Pitt's got a lot of credit for turning around World War Z because it was massive sequences cut out of that film. Yeah, yeah. it was expected to be a disaster. Mark Foster directed it, mm. and it was expected to be a disaster. And he was Clooney talking at the time saying, "I'm really proud of him for what he did there mm. because he turned like a bomb." Like gonna lose 100, 150 million dollars into a serious hit movie. Yeah. By how he, it was Plan B, I think it was. Yeah, produced company, it, yeah. But by how he produced it. So I'm sure you have, most people probably have seen Seven at this point, but it's, it's worth it, a rewatch. Just rewatch it. Absolutely it's an absolute masterpiece. So, okay, we'll leave it there for this week. We'll have to talk about how we're gonna launch and uh, revisit it as a separate pod. Um, so we can deep dive into this stuff a little bit more we can delve Brian we can delve we can a little delve. bit more uh, please do like and subscribe and also if you're listening to this on iTunes leave a review uh, the show's very popular and it's getting more and more popular more so visually I think than anything else more so the visual aspect too because Charlotte Reed does such a good job putting it together for job. us <laughs> um, so more and more people are watching it we want more and more people listening to it so uh, if you uh, review, the, review the show if you like it tell your that, friends you tell your friends tell your friends not if you're that shithead that was giving us a Facebook last week screw you guys although, although <laughs> I, did, I did enjoy it so thank you for that you brought me moments of joy over a hungover weekend so thank you for that and thank you to producer Dave hello hello, hello. I mean goodbye goodbye join us next week have you ever seen anything like this